almost lost the cup and you win it. The new European champions, the treble, the dream come true for you. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Football, by the hell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 27 of the Golden Boot Podcast. I'm Chris Williams. And I'm JP Rios. And we're back. And as we said in the last episode, done with club football. It's time for the international tournament. You know, different from we say international breaks. Everybody seems to hate that for some reason. I couldn't know why. But we finally have an international tournament, a good tournament. We're starting off with the Euro. So we're going to go group by group, as we've done with the Champions League, with the Europa League and many others. Go by each group, say who we're going to think is going to go through, who we think is going to win it after all when we go through the bracket, obviously. Uh, our track record might not be the best, so who knows what's actually going to happen. But I think let's start. I mean, let's start right from the top. Group A. Um, I mean, when this is going to come out, when we're recording this, only a few games have been played. So that is going to come into, you know, into play when we're choosing them. But it's just Group A and some of Group B, if I'm not mistaken. But Chris, do you want to start us off with Group A? So yeah, um, Group A is Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. Um, you know, there's some good talent in that group. Um, Italy is obviously the most talented team on that in that group on paper, but uh, Switzerland is always talented. Wales made it to the semifinal, I believe, of the last Euros. So um, yeah, and Turkey as well. You know, they got some they got some good players. Chalonoglu, obviously, um, a very talented player among others. So, yeah, it's a very good group. Um, honestly, I think it could be Italy and then any of those other three teams uh, that go through. Uh, today, Wales versus Switzerland finished 1-1. It probably should have been 2-1 or 3-1 in favor of Switzerland because, you know, Wales, even though they have Gareth Bale and, uh, you know, Pacey, Daniel James, and Aaron Ramsey, they still couldn't really find a way to get forward and score <clears throat> and Switzerland looked much more dangerous than they did. So I think Switzerland will put up the best test um, besides Italy. So my prediction for group A is that Italy and Switzerland go through. Yeah. I mean, if here's the thing, the tricky, the tricky side might've, you know, on paper, they had good players. And I think going into this, like into the tournament, they had some, you know, some decently good performances at the start of the year. So they look like they could have been dark horse. And then Italy at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome just made very easy work of them. Could have been 4-0. There was a controversial call that should have, I think should have been a penalty. Who knows? But, you know, uh, Insignia with that with a wonderful strike to like to close off the game, but 3-0. Yeah, I think Italy probably going to be the first place. Wales and Switzerland, I do agree. Switzerland Switzerland should have pressed more and probably should have won the game. And let's see if that like ends up, you know, hurting them further on a tournament. But I do think uh, I agree. I think it's going to be Italy first. I don't know if they're going to get all nine points, but I wouldn't be like surprised if they do. They've been on a hell of a run. Like they haven't conceded a single goal in the last eight games. They've won the last 28. And there is an issue in terms of going forward. They lack the ability to find, like, have a good player who can, like, head the ball because they're playing with um, Chiri Mobile, who is a good player, but they're playing with him and Insignia at top. And I'm so as good as Insignia is, he's fantastic. 
the man cannot head a ball. He's five foot four, 163 centimeters. So, I mean, I don't, and against Turkey, it was probably going to be harder because a lot of Turkish players are very, like the defenders are very physical. But I think moving forward against Switzerland, that could be the toughest one for them in a group stage. But I don't think, I mean, the way Switzerland and Wales play today, I see Italy, Italy getting like seven or nine points out of this and then Switzerland just like going through. I mean, a lot is going to have to be the game between Wales. When Wales plays Turkey and then when uh, Switzerland plays Italy, that could change everything. But I think that I agree with you. Italy first and then Switzerland. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. Um, and before we move on to the next group, I'll just touch on something that you said about you know, maybe this will come back to bite Switzerland because that's what I was thinking when I was watching the game and um, when I was doing some live game updates for it. Uh, you know, they had so many chances. Uh, they made a substitution. Safranovic came off and Gavranovic, I think is that's his name, uh, came on. And with his first touch, he scored. But um, he was off sides. And then he got the ball again. And he almost scored, but he was off sides again. And then he got the ball a third time, almost scored, and was offsides. So, like, if they showed a little bit more composure, um, you know, uh, Seferovic almost scored a couple times in the first half as well. Some very good chances, but he just snatched at it. Um, so, you know, that might come back to bite them because you never know. What if Italy does beat them? So then Italy has so many points, and then, you know, Switzerland only has that one point. Or what if, you know, they draw to Turkey and then Wales finds a way to beat Italy? You know, the, the group can get really interesting. But, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. So do you want to start with Group B? Yeah, so Group B. I mean, we're going to start with the first game of Group B, and I think it is important for us to, you know, talk, even if it's just briefly mentioned, the situation with Christian Eriksen. I think it's, as of right now, I... I mean, there's obviously, I don't think Wayfo or the Danish FA has released any like official statement of what exactly happened, as far as I know. What we do know as of right now is Ericsson is stable. He's in the hospital. So, you know, it, it was, it was a very, I mean, for everybody there, it was a traumatic experience, obviously. And it's shake, like it's shaken everybody. But I think for right now, what we can hope is that he's still stable. He's going to be fine. We hope for that. And, you know, our best wishes. And, I mean, that game, it was a tight game. And I think, you know, Finland knew what they had to do. I mean, Denmark, obviously, Christian Eriksen is an incredible player for them. And they have an incredible squad. And, obviously, you know, as well, the, you know, the emotional situation if when that happens is not going to be the best for the team. But, I mean, I saw that one of the reasons they decided to keep on playing is because uh, Erickson FaceTimed them from the hospital, like, saying he wanted them to continue playing the game. So, you know, at the end of the day, they went out. And Finland, here's the thing. Finland did what they had to do. They win 1-0. I think they had one shot on goal the entire game. Um, and Denmark is going to be placed in a tight situation. So, Still, I do think Denmark is going to find a way to go through. It's going to be tougher than what they wanted it to be because now they have to win against Russia and probably going to have to get a good result against Belgium. And a Belgium side that just dispatched Russia 3-0 towards the end of the game is kind of, you know, 
not the best football play by Belgium. They knew it was basically in the bag and then they score another one game over. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Belgium side, I think Belgium has been, it was slightly a bit of a dark horse last uh, in 2016. It's been, you know, there's always been this hype in the past few years about the Belgium side, putting them number one, in the world ranking. I don't think they should be number one in world ranking if they haven't won any like major tournament, but that's besides the point. They've been consistently good. They have a very good squad, but um, sometimes they've just managed to mess up in the last, you know, when it matters most. I don't think they're going to do that in the group stage. I do see them going nine or seven points as well, number one in the group with maybe Denmark, because I don't know if Finland can pull it off. If Finland gets a good result against Russia, they might just be through, but I think once you if you manage to break down finland it's going to be like in any other team that plays very defensively they're going to be forced to play outside and i don't know if they have the you know the talent and the ability to do that so i believe that denmark might get it done but honestly right now it's a toss toss up because russia and denmark have good squads but finland has the advantage with three points so i'm still going to go with denmark but i wouldn't be surprised if finland managed to find a way to be second place in that group yeah i completely agree with belgium and denmark going through and um, before i talk about belgium i just want to touch on the denmark finland game like jp said we all hope for the best for christian erickson his family um you know his girlfriend his his children and everyone all the players who are on the field and involved with that and had to endure that and everyone in the stands it was just traumatic i know i watched it at work and I had to end up changing the channel because I was shaken up and, you know, I had to go outside to like calm down and, you know, like regain my composure because I was really, really um, shaken up by it, even though I, I wasn't there and I didn't have any emotional connection to it. So, yeah, um, all the best for Christian Erickson. And, you know, hopefully um, we hear some good news tomorrow about his condition. But, um, yeah, about that game, uh I did see that Christian FaceTimed the, the team and told them, you know, um, I want you guys to keep playing. And I respect that. And I respect that they did go out and that they did try to play for him. But after something that traumatic, um, like that, that whole entire team was shaken up. Like you, you could see um, uh, it was on ESPN uh, I guess Christian Fuchs is an analyst for them. And obviously Christian Fuchs played four years with Casper Schmeichel for Leicester City. And when they came back out to restart the game, Christian Fuchs said to the ESPN studio that he doesn't look like he's ready to play. He's shaken up. And, you know, just a couple minutes into the restart, Finland scores on a header and it's their only chance of the game. And it's a save that Casper Schmeichel would save with his eyes closed in any other game. Um, so I think if, you know, maybe if they waited till tomorrow to play the game or if UEFA was like, no, um, we'll play this later on in the week. Um, I think that might have done the team better and that Denmark definitely probably would have won it. But um, I think that Denmark will go through. I think they'll beat Russia. Um, that They'll probably lose to Belgium. But I also think that Finland's going to, lose to either lose or draw to Russia and they're going to lose to Belgium, which we'll see Denmark go through. 
And yeah, in regards to Belgium, like you were saying, they are the world number one. Sometimes they don't play like the world number one. I can understand why they want to, um, why they're ranked that because of the certain players they have in that team, like Lukaku and De Bruyne and Eden Hazard. But like you said, they haven't found a way to win anything major. So uh, yes, there are doubts about Belgium in this tournament, but that's for later down the line. And as far as the group stage is concerned, they're the favorites in this group. And I do think Denmark will find a way to get that second spot and, you know, fight for Christian, um, Christian Eriksen. Yeah. And um, off of that, let's go finally to group C. So, you know, finally to a game we have not watched at all. Um, so we're going to go Austria. Den- uh, I, we spent like a month and a half and I can't pronounce it. The Netherlands, North Macedonia, or as I like to call it, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, the only real name, but I digress. And Ukraine. So we're going to start with the Netherlands against North Macedonia. I think North Macedonia is the absolute underdog in this group. There's no doubt. You're going to be like, oh, they beat Germany. I'm like they beat Germany on a fluke. Let's be honest. Cause Timo Werner can't score to save his life at that point. But I mean, here the favorites are obviously the Netherlands, and I don't think I don't see a way unless they really mess up that they don't end up number one in the group. And but I will say, I mean, and so here's obviously for most of us, I believe it will be uh, Netherlands, North Macedonia on the bottom, Netherlands on top, and then Austria and Ukraine playing for that second and third spot. Both teams are really good, but I think Ukraine is coming in. I don't see it as a dark horse of the tournament, but maybe of the group. They have a decently good side. They have some very good players. And if, like, Ukraine lately, you know, the last uh, U-20 tournament where where Holland scored those nine goals, um, they ended up being – I think they ended up winning. I think so. They have a decently good squad there. They've played well recently, and I think – they might, you know, get the edge over Austria. I think that Austria-Ukraine game is going to be, like, the decider in the group. But for me, I'm just going to put it out there. Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and then North Macedonia. If I'm wrong in North Macedonia, you know, do a great job, I will personally, you know, send an email to their FA asking for public apologies. But, yeah, for me, those that is the list, like, in order. Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, imagine if North Macedonia wins this group and you know makes a nice little run like Iceland did in 2016. That would be that would be remarkable, um, and it would be something to see. But I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yes, I do think the Netherlands are going to finish first, and I don't even think there's much discussion about that. Um, you know, they have the strongest team in this group and one of the strongest teams in the tournament. Um, but yeah, that fight for the second spot is going to be interesting. Austria obviously has like David Alaba and uh, a couple of other pretty decent players. And yet yeah, Ukraine, as you said, is also a pretty talented squad. Um, so I do think that Austria is actually going to pull it off. Um, but Ukraine in international tournaments, they always play well. Um, I do remember watching them in the World Cup, in the Euros, and they always do impress. So you know what, maybe maybe they do find a way to get that second spot. But, but for me, 
I think it's going to be Austria and the Netherlands going through to the round of 16 out of Group C. Yeah, and I was I just want to point out that um, Ukraine have some very experienced players and some very young players, so that's also might come in. Austria as well, but I, I think when we're talking about the actual talent that you see in Ukraine, like the very talented players, you have the very experienced players, like at one part, like their captain and goalkeeper who's been there forever. And then you got some really young players who are playing in very good teams in, you know, in Europe who are just coming in. So that's going to be an interesting little, you know, the young players might have more, not more motivation, but, you know, a little bit more of pizzazz or swaz, shall we call it. And then the other ones might have the experience, but let's go to group D your beloved England. Um, Croatia, the Czech Republic or Czechia, whatever you want to call it, and Scotland. So here, I mean, you got England against Croatia, and that's that's happening soon as we record this thing tomorrow. And not only is it, you know, the kind of a rematch from the semifinal in 2018, but it's also two very good sides. But I here's my thing. I do think that both of them have a good chance of going through, both England and Croatia. I think Croatia, however, have dipped in the past few years after they made it to the final. They've dipped, and they haven't found – and they still have some very, like, similar players. They just haven't found a way to, like, continue with that rhythm. Um, and then, you know, Scotland did a good job to qualify for the Euros. Well, I think – do I think they have, you know, the capacity to go through? I don't think so. They have some very good players, but I don't think they're going to be able to go through. And then here's the thing, the Czech Republic, they're coming in like decently well. They're pretty, like, they have good players and everything, and they've been playing really well. And I think the thing with England in international tournaments is they produce a lot of good players and a lot of talent, but the pressure they have because of the English media alone, is just immense. And they crack under that. But you're talking about teams like the Czech Republic coming in with no pressure whatsoever. So I do think England's going to be number one. I don't think they're going to let go of that. I don't think it's going to be with nine points. I think they're going to slip at some point in the group stages, but not too bad that they're going to lose. But I could see the Czech Republic coming in strong second. If Croatia find the form they had in 2018, then it's all over for like the Czech Republic and for Scotland 100%. But if they're still like in that, like, you know, so so shave that they've shown in the last few years. I think for me, it's going to be England and Czech Republic. Now I'm going to say England against Scotland. Forget no football. Forget like the ability each team has. That's the match that England might, you know, mess up just because the pressure is going to be higher. And we know, you know, as dar- as derbies are, this is not going to be a clean game. It's going to be like all out, and it's going to be incredible to watch. Like don't get me wrong, but. That's, I think, just in terms of, like, you know, the emotional side of things, that's going to be the toughest challenge for both Scotland and for England. But for me, right now, England and then Czech Republic and then probably Croatia and Scotland. Yeah, so, yeah, I think you kind of hit it um, very well there. I do think, you know, England is the strongest team in this group. And besides you know, two of the teams in Group F, I think England is the third favorite to win this tournament. They have, it's the most talented England team. Um, You know, 
I kind of want to say possibly ever in like the modern era. Uh, the amount of talent that's on this team and the amount of talent that Gareth Southgate was forced to leave home uh, is incredible to say the least. Uh, this is a very talented 26-man roster. And I they do have the expectation to win the tournament. Absolutely. With the quality of the players that they have, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Jack Grealish, Mason Mount, Declan Rice, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, all of these players, Jaden Sancho, they should be making a run to the semifinal or the final. But like you said, every year England goes into a major tournament. It's uh, the English public and the English media that always place so much pressure on the England team. And that's not to say that's the reason why they lose. Like they come in with talented teams, but a lot of the times then they just don't play well or they're just outmanaged or, you know, something along those lines. But I don't think that's going to happen this year. I am a little skeptical about Gareth Southgate coming into this, especially since he he's bringing, I think, 10 uh, defensemen with him. That, that kind of, um, you know, confuses me a little bit. Uh, and he selected Ben White as the last man in the roster over the likes of James Ward-Prowse, one of the best free kick takers in England, or Jesse Lingard, who had an incredible end of the season. But I do think um, I think England can win all three of their games in this. Um, like you said, Scotland, forget about how talented either team is. It's just all about rivalry. And, you know, it's going to get nasty. Um England should come away with the win. I think England can score a few goals and then Scotland will get frustrated. Um, but I do think that England could be Croatia. Croatia has dipped, like you said. Um, you know, Croatia still does have the likes of Luka Modric, Mateo Kovacic, uh, Marcelo Brozovic, you know, Ivan Perisic, Ante Rebic from AC Milan, all of these really talented players. But then you do look at the Czech Republic side and like you said, they are coming in very well. They have, every, you know, they don't have any expectations. Um, you know, they're happy to make the tournament. They're happy to be playing. So, you know, because they have nothing to play for, they, they're a very good underdog. And th this team has some good players on it. I mean, you have Thomas Suchek from West Ham, who was incredible this year. Besides Jesse Lingard and Declan Rice, he was the best player on that team. And now he's playing in European uh, competition next year. And Vladimir Kufal um, as well, as long as um, as well as Mate Vidra um, from Burnley. So you have a lot of Premier League talent on this team. Uh, so I think it is going to be interesting to see who gets second. When the groups first came out, I, I looked at England. I looked at Croatia. I was like, oh, that's easy. Um, both of them are going to go through. But you know, I think the Czech Republic can put up a good fight. I really do. But I do think that it's going to be England and Croatia going through to the next round. Yeah, so you know, in the past few groups, we have a little bit, you know, a bit of a disagreement in some of the positions. So that's going to be it's going to be a little bit more interesting than us just repeating the same things over and over. But now, Group B, the penultimate group, and you know, a little bit, you know, another one of those groups that is uh, easy, not easy, but relatively like similar to guess rather than the last group we have that is going to be. Very interesting, but Group E, Poland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. Here's the thing. Slovakia, Slovakia and Sweden are good teams. I just don't think they have the amount of quality and talent that they've had in other years. 
they still have a lot of very good players. I mean, you got Isaac and other players in Sweden. You, know, you got a good, a solid Slovakia like side who has been maybe not outstanding, but they've been solid in you know in international tournaments sometimes when they go. And in the last tournament, I'm okay. So I'm not 100 sure if Hamzik is going. All right, so I think uh, I'm just finding this, and I think he is. Because this says that they're putting their hopes on season skipper Marek Hamzik. So Hamzik can be a difference maker. That is just, let's say right there, it's the same thing as if Slatan was playing for Sweden. Those are players who can make, like, alone, they can make a difference on a team. So without a player like that in Sweden, I think they're going to be battling for third and fourth place. I think just out of that. Spain is coming in, like, hotter than they have since, like, 2010. Like, they dipped in 2014. They didn't recover by 2018. And right now they're like showing promise again. Okay. 2012, not 2010. Uh, after they won the Euros. Because they had a good showing in the Confederations Cup in 2013. And then they, you know, absolute disgusting performance in the final. And from then it's been downhill. But they've they've got the same thing as like some of the other teams. Like you, like you said before, Ukraine. They have some very seasoned like players in that squad and they have some very good, you know, young players coming in. Now, the only thing is they don't have Sergio Ramos and they've been missing some other players, but they're also the COVID protocols that just hit them because of Sergio Busquets having like testing positive are going to play. So that might be like something that really does affect the Spain squad. I don't see it affecting as much for them to drop from the number two, like from the top two in the group but I do see it like affecting them when they have to like in those crucial moments of the match, not having a deciding player like Sergio Ramos and still having to recover from all the issues that they're having to go through because of COVID protocol. So like, you know, they were all in isolation. They can't practice together and stuff like that. When it's weeks and days before the tournament is going to be horrible for them. The only lucky thing for them is that they're in group B. So they're almost at the back end of like all the first games. So that's going to give them a little bit more time but I do see it affecting them. And I see that giving Poland the chance to take first place because Poland has a very good squad. I mean, let's just say they've got Lewandowski at top. And that is, that man is one of those players who is a difference maker. You don't score 41 goals in like, it wasn't, it was like 25 games that he played or 26 in the Bundesliga season. And, you know, you got other good players. You got a very good goalie in Chesney and, you got a lot of players like Selinski and all of them that are playing a very high level and they play a lot together. So, and even like, if you're talking about up top, you also have Christoph Piatek, who's had a very decent, like maybe not as good a season as he had a few years back, but he's had a very good season. So I see Poland, if they take advantage of the issues that Spain is going through, Poland taking number one and Spain taking number two. Now, I don't, I, that really does depend how hard Spain is going to be hit because if they're not, if they're able to recover like quickly, uh, like during the Sweden game and after the Sweden game, they're like, oh, we're back in business. I see that Poland game being like a really tough match, but Spain managing to get the edge. So I think it's just going to go down as to how badly like Spain is getting hit. But for now, I'm going to say Poland for a Spain second. Yeah, this is a tricky group. Um, you know, on paper, you automatically look at Spain and you're like, it's Spain. They're going to win. 
the group automatically. No, no, no questions about it. But as you just said, lots of questions. And for me, there are lots of questions in all four of these teams. I'm going to start with Poland because I actually watched the Poland Iceland game on Tuesday. And I'm not going to lie, Poland was not impressive at all. They struggled to get forward. Iceland was the better team by far. Um, and yes, Robert Lewandowski is the best forward in world football. No questions about it right now. No questions about it. But at Bayern Munich, he has the support system around him. This Polish team, yes, you have some very talented players. Um, but at the same time, they really struggled when I watched them. And I'm looking at their at, at, at the results from their previous matches. And, you know, 2-2 to Iceland, 1-1 to Russia. Uh, they lost 2-1 to England. Uh, you know, they beat Pandora. Uh, not, well, not Pandora. They beat Andorra 3-0. Um, but then they drew to Hungary. The Netherlands beat them. Italy beat them. It, so they have one win in their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games coming into the Euros. And you can't just rely on Lewandowski to carry you to victory. Um, so for that, I have my doubts in Poland. I really do. Um, but let's look at the rest of the group right now. Spain, yes, the big question mark. Sergio Ramos is out. And, you know, now there's the whole COVID scare. All the team has to get vaccinated. Um, with uh, Sergio Busquets um, receiving the positive diagnosis. But I still think that, you know, Spain is Spain. Yes, they didn't have the best World Cup, but they have some very promising young talent coming up, as they do every year. And I do think that they'll manage to take the number one spot in this group. Um, so, so that, for me, is solidified. And I... I'm looking at Sweden right now, and it like like you said, it, it's hard. Um, I think if this tournament was played last year, that Sweden would have been one of the favorites to move out of this group. I think it would have been them in Spain, 100%, because you know Zlatan would have been in the team. He's not this year because of um, because of an injury, and it sucks for him because you know he reversed his retirement just to come back for this. But I look at this team. And when I talk about support systems, they have that support system. Um, you know, they have Alexander Isak, as we've talked about many times. They have Kul uh, Kulusevsky from Juventus. Um, you know, every he's like a super sub. Every time he came on for Juve, he scored. And I, he'll probably start, I imagine, for Sweden. Um, you know, they have pretty solid goalkeeping and Robin Olsen from Everton. Um, you have Emil Forsberg who has always been very good for RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga and so on and so forth. So I think that besides Spain, I think Sweden's the most cohesive team in this, um, in this group that is not, not in this tournament, but um, you know, missing Zlatan, that is huge. You know, that that's an intimidation factor for the other team and you just know he's going to score goals. Like when Lewandowski's on the field, you know he's going to score goals. You know the same with Zlatan. And I'd be more scared to play Zlatan just because of how unpredictable he is, not just because of the fact that he might score, just because, you know, he might get hurt in the process too, um, whether it's emotionally or physically. Who's to say? 
But um, yeah, and then you look at Slovakia. Yeah, I mean, Hemšík is going to be playing, and yes, he is their star player. But uh, I don't know. You look at this team. I'm looking at the lineup right now. Um, you know, it could be a Czech Republic situation. They don't really have much to play for. So, you know, teams who never really have that much to play for don't have that much pressure on them. But I just, I, I don't see this team finishing in the top two at all. So in my opinion, I think it's going to be Sweden one, not, not Sweden one, Spain one, Sweden two, and Poland coming up just short. And I could be very wrong, but that is my um, that is my prediction. And now the fun dun, one. Dun dun dun! The group of death. <laughs> group F F is for fun. Um, cheese. France, Germany, Portugal, and Hungary. Let's be honest. Not only did the guy like did the Hungary FA probably feel like the guy from like. What was it like Red Star Belgrade when they got put in the group with Inter, Dortmund, and Barcelona? Here's the thing, and I'm just gonna go off the bat with Hungary because I think most people do believe it's gonna be the last, um, last position in the group. I'm not surprised if most people think that. Nothing against Hungary, because here and here's my issue: they got some decently good players. They got Salai, they got Gulachi. Uh, Sobislai just had to withdraw at the start of the month. Uh, they got a guy named Laszlo, and everybody who knows me knows I want to name my first child Laszlo because I love the name. Um, and nece- if you're saying, like, are they – they're not necessarily bad. They have, like, a decent team, and, you know, they've not always been the greatest since, well, since, you know, the collapse of, you know, the communism. Um, they've really taken a dip since then. They were good before. They were one of the best teams in the world, you know. Some Pushkas and some very good players. And since then, it's been not the best days. Um, and it's been going on for a while. But they have some, like, I mean, Orban and Orban and everyone. They got good players. And they could have done something in the tournament, but they just had to be put in this group. <laughs> they were looking at their chances, and they were like, oh, maybe we can, you know, do something. And then... Nah, group of death, and you're facing the current champions, the current World Cup champions in Germany. So, um, but I'll just go, let's go through the whole teams. I mean, France, you know, World Cup champions in 2018, they've consistently been good, like still in a very good shape. Maybe not as good as they were in the World Cup, but they've still been good since then. Uh, Portugal won the Nations League. I don't know how, you know, big winning the Nations League in the first installment is, but it's still an international tournament because, you know, some players, some teams are still adapting this really quick. But, and then you got Germany who did horribly in the World Cup and they've had their ups and downs, but I think, you know, it's similar to what happened to Bayern in some point between like when they won the Champions League to this one, they saw some moments where they were good and like very good and then they took a dip but they finally found a way to, you know, you know, establish some sense of rhythm. I mean, their last game, they beat Latvia 7-1. It was Latvia. But if you saw them play, they are much more cohesive than they have in a while. Um, so for France, it's going to be you're the World Cup champions. And they have, you know, a loaded squad. Like, we can't deny that. Like, the 
I'm in, let's just go through some of them. You got, you got Yoris, you got Bavar, you got Kimpembe, Maestro Kimpembe. Great. The best defender of all time. Uh, Kimpembe got Varane. Varane is, although him and Lenglet are the ones that I'm like kind of don't really understand how they got there. But, you know, Lucas Hernandez, Jules Kunde, Paul Pogba, you know, Ingolo, we all love Kante. Um, you know, Kings of Common, Griezmann, Giroud, Mbappe. Bembele, Benzema, Ben Yedder. I don't need to continue. But they have a very good squad. And But the thing is, I think they're going to have a lot of pressure on them. And it's not going to be as much as some other teams, but they're going to have the pressure. So I still think they're going to be one of the two teams that are going through. I think France is going through because of the players they have and the quality that the team has. I still think they're going through and they might take first place. With Portugal, I... They're also like loaded. You got, you know, I mean, Rui Patricio, the, the goalkeeper position alone is loaded. But, you know, you got Ruben Dias, uh, Bruno Fernandes, uh, I, I don't know how you pronounce the rest of them. And now he's a Cristiano Ronaldo. And I mean, my issue is just we've, I, Portugal does also have that little issue that sometimes they just manage to overthink it and overcomplicate themselves. And I, it's tough because I don't want to say like one of these teams is not going through, but, uh, and I mean, Portugal coming in hot as well and they have a very decent squad. I think the biggest thing for Portugal is going to find a way to make everybody play to their top level, like find a way to keep everybody like focused and not, you know, go into, it happens from time to time that, you know, teams with very big personalities, very big players, you know, just clash sometimes. It's going to have to be everybody on the same page, like working cohesively together. And, I mean, if we go into Germany, Germany, you know, they it's Joachim Love's, like, final tournament before he retired from the German national team. They have a very good, very good squad, you know, as well the combination of very experienced players like Manuel Neuer. And, you know, Matt Swim was among them. And then players like Joshua Kimmich, Kai Havertz, you know, Gnabry, who, I mean, and Jamal Musial, who also got taken on. Uh, Leon Goreska, who did make it to the tournament. It was thought he was going to be able to get there. And then, you know, the return of Thomas Mueller, which can be decisive. I think they need to figure out, if Germany wants to go through, they need to figure out the, like, the, have a good number nine. Or have a good player who can play as a striker, center forward. Because they lately they've put you know Thomas Mueller up top, and then two like two players right behind him. I understand logically Thomas Mueller is going to probably drop back a little bit as a false nine, but still you need somebody who is decisive and somebody who can finish those games. Because there's been a few friendlies that they've played like that. That their issue is they get chance after chance after chance, but they can't finish. And they need Timo Werner. If if they have Timo Werner playing the way Timo Werner used to play for Leipzig, they have a poten- the potential to be one of the best teams in the tournament, but they need every single player to be at their top. And sometimes when they played for the national team, they've you know slid a little bit further down. So my prediction, obviously, I I follow, I want Germany to do well, so that's gonna affect it. But I see France and Germany going through. And probably it being decided like on, you know, goal difference or something like that. 
with Portugal missing out just because of the goal difference. Also, the interesting thing is going to have to be, um, you know, if Portugal gets a penalty, what's going to happen? But, you know, Bruno Fernandes or Cristiano Ronaldo is going to take it. But, yeah, I think France probably maybe number one and then Germany number two. Yeah, so kind of continuing with this trend, we're going to have another disagreement with our uh, group predictions, and that's okay. That is perfectly okay. Um, so, like you said, Hungary, you know, it ha- it's it, it hasn't been Hungary's year for the last multiple, multiple, multiple decades. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to finish in fourth. Um, I'm not even going to go through it and explain that. I mean, France, Germany, Portugal, I think that's all the conversation you have to have in order to understand why Hungary is going to finish in fourth. Um, But yes, I did say there's a disagreement and our disagreement is that I do not think Germany is going to finish in second. Um, But we were talking about pressure and I think France, yes, they're going to have pressure on them because they are the current World Cup champions. But I just feel like when that team goes out there, they have lots of fun when they play. I mean, you got Kylian Mbappe, you have Paul Pogba, you have the best midfielder in the world right now, whose name is N'Golo Kante. Um, you know, you just have so Antoine Griezmann. You just have so many players, creative players, that are going to go out there, that are going to have fun. Um, so I think they're just going to go out. They're going to make it look easy. Um, not against the Portugals and maybe not even against the Germanys, but I do think that they're going to w- walk away as um, the champions of this group, and they're my favorite to win the tournament. Um, but yeah, in that second place spot, um, I do think that Portugal has the most pressure on them in this tournament. They won the last Euros, and yes, they won the UEFA Nations League, but I think they have the most pressure on them because, you know, this is... This might be Ronaldo's last time. Well, this is Ronaldo's last time to win the Euros. And this is like the new golden age of Portugal. You have Ronaldo, you have Bruno Fernandes, you have Joao Felix, you have Diego Jota, you have Bernardo Silva, you have all these players, uh, Ruben Diaz, all these really talented players. I think they'll have some pressure on them, but I think you're going to, you know, when you combine them all together, that's just such a talented team. And I've been saying it ever since um, ever since last year when, you know, we thought the years were actually going to happen. Uh, I, I always thought that France and Portugal were my two favorites to win this. And I think it's interesting that they're in the same group. Um, kind of sucks because I would love to see them play in the final against each other. But um, I do think those are going to be the two to finish in first and second. And like you said about Germany, they have a good mix of, of um, you know, some veteran presence and some young talent, but the big problem is the number nine. I mean, Timo Werner isn't playing well. He does all he does everything right. He just can't finish. Um, we've already talked about that multiple times. But then again, they have so much talent. They have Tony Kroos. They have Joshua Kimmich. They have Thomas Müller, Ilkay Gundogan, Leon Goretzka, Manuel Neuer, all of these players. But this still, I mean, it's kind of rude to compare this Germany team to Germany years of the past because, you know, 
you're not you're not gonna see another team like that for a very long time. But um, I I just do think that France and Portugal are more talented and have what it takes to get out of this group. Um, yeah, and I think that they're gonna walk away um, into the round of sixteen, and I think Germany is gonna finish just short. So now that we've been we've been we went through every single one of the groups um you know we're gonna go through every single one you know predictions around 16 quarterfinals semis and everything as they come along and you know same as we said before as we've done for champs league stuff like that but you know off the bat you know one let's make a final prediction what is your final prediction for the tournament Chris, you tell me first, and I will respond to see if we have, you know, if we're going to have some issues here, you know, we can resolve them later, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, so my favorite to go to the final from the left side of the bracket, which is groups A, B, and C, is probably Belgium. Um, That's just the weakest side of the bracket. Um, You know, the only other teams I can see competing to get to the final from this side are the Netherlands and Italy. But I do think Belgium's better than Italy. The Netherlands has a very strong team, and I think it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, their midfield is always stacked. Um, and Memphis Depay right now is on fire. If you want to talk about any player coming into the tournament in form, it's Memphis Depay. Um, so I think it's going to be that's going to be so interesting. Wow. Um, I think that's going to be the semifinal from the left side of the bracket. And whoever wins the Belgium Netherlands game is going to go on to the final, but I'm going to predict that it's Belgium. And now looking at the right side of the bracket, this is so hard. This is so hard. Um, so I'm going to look at the semifinal and I'm going to throw England in there. And it's going to be against someone from Group F. It's either going to be France or it's going to be Portugal. I'm going to say it's France um, just because, yeah, I just think they're a better team than Portugal, even though you have Ronaldo, you have Bruno. Um, I just think France is a better all-around team. They're a more experienced team. I don't even want to say they're a more experienced team, but, you know, I, I just I have that feeling that France is um, going to gonna make a run to the semifinal over Portugal. So now you're looking at England versus Portugal in the semifinal. Not Portugal, England versus France in the semifinal. Oh, this is hard because my heart wants to say England, but my mind wants to say France. So I'm going to go with my mind and say France. So I think it's going to be a a, a French-spoken final. I think it's going to be France versus Belgium. And I think that France is going to win the Euros. That's Um. not that's not the prediction I had in mind when you said, Chris, go ahead. But now that I talked about it, there you go. That's my prediction. <laughs> I, I do want to mention, I just realized looking at our bracket that we forgot that the best third place goes through. So, you know, that gives group uh, F some hope, but um, my prediction, I see France making it into the final probably as well. Agreed. Uh, just a reminder that Belgium doesn't just speak French, Chris. They speak more. He lived right next yeah, I, to you I know, know this. I know they have four national languages, but you know exactly what I meant. <laughs> okay. uh, I do from one side of the spoken final. 
if everything pans out like that, I was thinking it's similar to the way you were thinking, but I could see, and maybe this is just my heart speaking, or maybe I just want to have a different prediction. I, I would love to see Italy win the whole thing. I mean, obviously, uh, as I said before, and as you know, I'd rather see Germany, but I would love to see Italy in entire um yeah. i'm just seeing some of the final games most of them are in uh, london should have been in rome but whatever <laughs> um for me italy france and then it's kind of hard to you know two very similar teams they got a good striker uh underrated at times they have a very short good player ingola Kante and uh insignia um uh if it's just France, France, well, I mean, obviously we don't know, but let's see if France can get there. But yes, I agree. If it's France against either Italy or Belgium, I see France winning it. But that is our prediction so far for the tournament. Uh, we will update this as uh, we go through, you know, with the different rounds. We will also make a short video, a short um, episode. For the Copa America as well, similar to this, it's just a little bit different than how the Euros work. So, and we're going to have to give Chris a quick um, introduction to how Conmebol works, which is going to be fun for Chris. Absolutely. And we will keep you posted. But for right now, that is the entire episode. If I am correct. And we are hoping to see a very good and very fun Euro group stage one year late. But here we are.